And welcome on in to another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show, number 30, I believe. It's Mitch Bunnell and Mitchell Bally here to give you the latest in sports uh, from all the levels, high school, college, and beyond. Mitch, is good to be back here with you. I mean, it's good to be back to talk more about sports this week. And, uh, you know, we're, having, we're going into a weekend chock full of stuff. We got playoff football. We have uh, some NBA action going on, a lot of stuff going on around the world. How you doing, my friend? Mitch, I am doing great. I'm excited for this next round of high school football playoffs. I am excited to talk NFL because there's a lot of things to talk about NFL, both teams, players, and coaches. Got to break down some college football. There's a lot to talk about. And uh, this is just glad to be back with you as always. Of course. And, you know, we'll get to that in a little bit. Before that, we want to remind you guys, if you're following us on YouTube, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you can like, share, share, subscribe, hit the bell. Uh, You know how it is. And then, of course, all the podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, We distribute that via Anchor, not a sponsor, but we love what they do. Um, You can also go to our website, BigTimeSportsOhio.com, as well as our uh, Twitter page, at BTSOhio. And, of course, on Facebook, Big Time Sports Ohio, on Instagram, same name, and then at Mitch Spinell, at Mitchell Balla. So, Mitch, when we go over now to the regional semifinal week of the OHSAA state playoffs. We have a number of teams still in it. Your, uh, your area in Stark has a little bit more than mine in Tuscaroras, but uh, a lot of teams really competing. A lot of teams actually coming down uh, to our area to compete. Um, I believe that's uh, one of the matchups we will be highlighting this week. Uh, but before that, why don't you tell us about some of the uh, matchups you should be looking forward to if you're a Stark County football fan. If you're a Stark County football fan, Mitch, you have four games to look out for right now. You have three teams that are involved in the league, and then the one team that is independent, and everybody knows that is Maslin. So let's start there. Maslin will take on Big Walnut at Mansfield, or in Mansfield this week, excuse me. Big Walnut, the number five seed in Division II Region 7. They are 10-2 and two overall. This is coming off of Nate Moore's 81st career coaching win at uh, Maslin. He's now the all-time leader in wins as a head coach at Maslin, and this will be a good one. This is a team that I think is going to be able to give Maslin fits in some areas. This is also a team, Big Walnut, that boasts a top linebacker in the state of Ohio. That linebacker is Garrett Stover. Stover has 15 Division I offers, including schools the likes of Ohio State and Notre Dame. It's going to be interesting to see how Maslin game plans for them when Maslin is on offense. They also have Nate Severs. It was uh, all Ohio uh, last year as a sophomore and put together another great year for the Golden Eagles. He has rushed for over 1,931 yards, uh, over seven and a half yards per carry. Pretty impressive. And 31 touchdowns. Now, on the flip side for Maslin, Ardale Banks. The spotlight is going to be on him, Mitch. He had a big game last week for Maslin in that uh, regional quarterfinal win. Why is the spotlight on him? Well, he received his first SEC offer. This week, Cardale Banks is a top wide receiver in the state of Ohio. He is getting division one looks. And this past week, he received an official offer from Kentucky. He has been on off. He has been on visits, excuse me, with other schools, other division one schools, a couple other SEC Kentucky. The first one to give him a football scholarship. He has another offer uh, from Cincinnati, another division one school in there. Can Maslin continue to play the style of football they've been playing since the start of week two? This is a team that has not lost since week one when they were defeated by Cincinnati Moeller. All odds point to Maslin being able to handle this. We know that Maslin is a team that has one goal in mind right now, Mitch, and it's probably a little more than survive and advance as most schools are at at this point in the season. They want to win a state championship, and they have come close twice under Coach Nate Moore, losing to Hoban one year, and then uh, 
another school from Cincinnati area where Coach Moore to come to Maslin. That'll be a big one. On game, the big time sports will be broadcasting this week a live stream, which you can find on bigtimesports.verse number three seed in Division two, Region seven. The Blue Streaks and Wildcats are renewing something that they had last year. These two teams met last year in the first round of the playoffs. So these two teams are actually familiar with each other, which is actually kind of crazy when you consider how big that the regions are now. And you usually don't see these type of teams. We'll break that down a little more, but Lake right now with how they're firing in all cylinders, they took down to sales last week, a very top and tough defense in the state of Ohio. Can Lake keep it rolling? Can Lake get to the regional uh, final next week and try to spring what green did last year to a potential opponent of the Maslin Tigers. Your two other Stark County schools then reside from the pack seven Canton South. They will take on Jefferson Canton South, the number seven seed in. They have sprung a couple upsets and Poochie Snyder. What there, we are running out of words to describe the quarterback play for Canton South Poochie Snyder last week in a 56 to 48 win accumulated over 630 total yards as quarterback and seven total touchdowns. He ran for five on the ground and he threw for two through the air. Canton South is about as hot as you could possibly be here in the state of Ohio. They will take on a tough Jefferson uh, Falcons team on Saturday. And then the other game on Saturday, the number one seed in region 13 West branch, and they will play number 13 seed Bookdale, who is seven and four, but is hot and cannot be stopped so far. The storyline here, is quarterback Drew DeShields going to be healthy enough? He left their first-round playoff matchup, we'll say due to injury. We also know West Branch was up a lot. Was it precautionary? Was he actually hurt? That is something we're never going to know. That's something coaches don't normally disclose with the media. But if Drew DeShields plays, Mitch, you have to like West Branch. This is a quarterback who's now closing in on 3,500 yards passing. He has thrown for 3,307 yards and 43 touchdowns and just two interceptions. West Branch does not turn the ball over. And that is how these teams continue to win this late in the season. The best job you can have and best security is ball security. And that's what West Branch prides themselves in right now. Mitch, we could be looking at, if everything works out right here, four Star County teams left in the high school football playoffs, all four have a potential to advance next week where Lake and Masson could play each other and West branch and Jefferson could play each other. And that is incredible. If we get to that point, obviously I hope nothing but the best for the four star County teams, but this is going to be exciting. And you have to imagine somewhere in each program, someone's going to have an eye looking at the other team's score to see if they're going to match up with the Stark County team, which is going to be a lot of fun. If that's, if that's the route we go, but not only do we have these four star County teams, I know we have, I believe two or three teams in your area. And I know one of them is hungry and desperate to go after a state title and get past where their season ended last year in Garraway. What do you got for us? So we have the course, the big one coming up this week is going to be Garraway's uh, upcoming regional semifinal game. That will be uh, a very good uh, one against Perry, the Perry pirates after they were able to win this past week, that game going to Solon. So the pirates 
uh, of Garraway are going to have to travel a bit of a ways away uh, to try and get back to the regional finals where they've been stumped for the last two seasons. I mean, we talked to head coach Jason Wallach and assistant coach Wes Hostetler uh, this past week on the Big Time Sports Show, which you can check out. It's such a, an interesting situation for Gateway right now because their offense and defense, they're rolling on all cylinders, but uh, they haven't necessarily tested yet. I know they only won 21 to 6, only won 21 to 6 this past week, but it's so fascinating to see this. Garraway team come up against the Perry squad that has also looked pretty solid in their last couple of matchups. So we'll see what goes on there. Uh, we also have the Indian Valley Braves still in the mix uh, for their respective uh, playoff bracket. Uh, they're nine and three on the year. They'll be taking on eight and three Bishop Reedy. Uh, should be an interesting one there. And then West Holmes, West Holmes still undefeated, man. West Holmes is a very, very good offense. Uh, they've scored a total of 614 points. Uh, so far this season, while only allowing 151 combined through 12 games. Uh, that matches up very well compared to Van Wert High School, who comes in with a record of 11 and 1. So this might be a, a, a first test for West Holmes to uh, prove themselves heading into the upper echelon of the tournament. I mean, we have a lot of stuff going on. We also have a game from your area coming to my area where it's uh, the Blue Streaks of Lake taking on Westerville South. And that game will be played at Crater Stadium in Dover. So I'm really interested in seeing what Lake has to offer here because they get kind of by squeak kind of by last week in that uh, amazing end of the game where there's a fumble and then there's a recovery. It's such a, a fascinating situation for this squad. And you're going up against the Westerville South team that uh, dispatched uh, uh, North Canton at Hoover this past weekend. And I believe there was one other game that I want to make sure I get to. Uh, there's, it's Steubenville coming to New Philadelphia this coming Saturday night. Should be an interesting matchup there. And, uh, yeah, those are all the games that we have for this week. Now, as far as our pre-show pre prep, you mentioned uh, the All-Federal League picks were officially in. Now, kind of take us through some of the uh, highlighted names. We, we've probably talked a lot about these guys throughout the year, but, I mean, who especially really has stood out to you, you among the top Federal League picks, particularly the player and coach of the year? Well, we won't go through all the team, all the players that made the teams. We will say congratulations to anybody that made first team, second team, or all or honorable mention all federal league. But Lake took home the honors, Mitch, with coach of the year and head coach Dan DeGeorge getting federal league coach of the year. And their one quarterback, Will Butler, taking home honors for federal league player of the year. Lake also led all federal league teams for seven player selections, making all first team federal league. And really, that's a, not a surprise when you look at where Lake is right now, advancing all the way to week 13 now, the regional semifinals. Coach Dan DeGeorge in his 10th season at Lake having a phenomenal season. Remember, this is the first time Lake has won a Federal League title since the 90s. And now Lake is looking to, to add to this historic season as they keep marching on. Will Butler has done a phenomenal job at quarterback. He is one of two. You have Cale Jarvis, the other quarterback. Butler is more so the running quarterback for Lake. Jarvis more so the throwing quarterback for Lake. Lake had seven first-team all-selections. McKinley right behind him. They were co-Federal League uh, champions. McKinley had six all-Federal League first-team selections. Hoover then came in next with five. Green with three. And Jackson, Glen Oak, and Perry with two first-team Federal League players. First-team, yeah, first-team Federal League players this year. I want to give a shout-out, though, Mitch, to two players uh, specifically, 
And they are the only two sophomores that made first team all federal league this year. And one of them is Zach Brocker of Hoover, the sophomore. And another is Antonio Martin of green. What's interesting about Martin is Martin is somebody whose season ended, I believe in week eight when he went down with an injury and did not return. So that just tells you how big and how great of a season and the impact he has for the green bulldogs before seeing his season cut short. So two sophomores on first team federal league. When you look at second team, you had three soft or four sophomores there, excuse me. Uh, and then another good amount of sophomores for honorable mention. No freshman made first, second or honorable mention all federal league, but still a great showing all around Lake taking home honors for most first team, second team and honorable mention, but coach to George coach Butler and the rest of those all federal league Lake players on display at Dover on Friday night when they play Westerville South and look to go to the regional final. It's very interesting to me. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable the way that it's been able to be played out in the federal league this year. So congratulations, to all the aforementioned players. And uh, yeah, that's really the way, what we have for segment one. So when we come back, we'll go more over to the professional side because we have had some, uh, some news developing over this past week. And of course the Browns are back in action this week. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Buying a home has never been so affordable with record low interest rates. Hartzler's Quality Housing is ready to put over 40 years of experience to work for you. Family owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's has a wide selection of model homes on site with a knowledgeable team to help make your new home a reality. Open six days a week, visit them off I-77 in Dover or online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing, quality from start to finish. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young & Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-49. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world, get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Ballin. And it's now time to go from the high school side of the NFL 
Mitch, before we get into the pickums this week, I really do want to get into this story that we got to somewhat on Monday. But by the time the story was fully fleshed out, we were off uh, uh, recording by then. And the episode, I think, was already published by the time it came out. But um, we mentioned it on Monday that the Indianapolis Colts were moving on from head coach Frank Reich uh, after a 3-5-1 start to the season. Um, to me, surprising because it was in-season, not so much because of the firing overall, because the Colts were really a disappointment so far this season. But it was who the Colts ended up going after for their interim head coaching position. We thought there'd be a few names in the mix, but it was not what the name of the person that was selected was not among them. It was former Colts center and a very good center, mind you, in Jeff Saturday. We'll be taking over the rest of the, the program the rest of the way. So Mitch, like kind of take me through your reaction when you first heard the news and with, with time for it to soak in, does this seem like it could be a, a, a reasonable selection or does it more seem like Indianapolis is trying to throw something at the wall and hope it sticks? My first reaction was, is this a joke? Um, Jeff Saturday is somebody that Mitch, we typically see on get up in the morning with Mike Greenberg and company. Yes. On ESPN. Uh, Jeff Saturday is somebody that we have never even heard of as a potential college coach, let alone a coordinator in the NFL. But it wasn't a joke. A last year, Saturday is now the interim head coach for the rest of the season for the Indianapolis Colts. It's interesting because I, I have a take on this, and it's a lot of people think that the Colts here to tank. Mitch, if you wanted to tank, wouldn't you, wouldn't you have just left Frank right there? if he wasn't doing the job he was supposed to be doing and winning games to begin with. Um, I, I personally don't know if this is a tanking job, maybe more so throw something at the wall, see if it sticks and maybe something really magical happens. Who knows? Because most of the time, Mitch, it doesn't really matter who you hire as head coach. People are not buying tickets or lining up to buy gear for the head coach. Mm -hmm. Not usually. It's a storyline to get the Colts in the news after, you know, a disappointing start, really a failure is what I'm going to label them right now. After they sign Matt Ryan, Right, and they sign Matt Ryan in the offseason, or trade for him, excuse me, and he's been awful, so bad that he's been benched. Right, take over if a coach gets fired. It's just odd. It really is. And now you see that the assistant quarterback coach is going to be calling the plays for the Colts. I believe he's only 30 years old. Um, so now you're talking about you have players in the roster that are older than him, and he's He's calling plays. I know Sean McVay uh, with the Rams is a young, was the youngest head coach or still is the youngest head coach in football. And he had a couple players older than him, but now you're talking about potentially over half your roster is older than your play caller, which is a weird situation. I hope nothing but the best for Jeff Saturday. Um, I think he was a phenomenal center when he was with the Colts and Peyton Manning. Then he went on to the Packers for a year. Um, I think he might have a case of potentially being Canton, Ohio uh, sometime down the road. If not, He'll still be one of the best centers we saw in our time. Maybe not one of the all-time best. What's funny, though, he tweeted out on October 30th how bad the Raiders are, Mitch. The Colts play the Raiders this week. Mm. It's such a fascinating situation because I do believe that Saturday is is one of the best centers of his era. was a, a huge leader on that Colts-era team, under along with Peyton Manning. Um, six-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champion, and... 
he's only coached the three seasons of prep school ball where he went around 500, I believe at Hebron Christian. But I, look, I'm, I'm aware that the Colts are probably like, let's bring our buddy in. The season's probably a wash anyway. If he gets it done, then Hey, maybe we have our guy next year. And if we don't, then we'll go get a real coach. It, it's uh, it's, it's pretty transparent that they're just trying to be like, eh, we, well, we tried this year. And uh, we're just going to ride it out the rest of the way. And hopefully we get some good luck along the, along the process. Maybe we'll get our a franchise player from one of our bench warmers or through this draft pick, which I'm almost certain they're going to have a high one here coming this spring. You mentioned that the season's kind of a wash. And while I agree with you, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility though, Mitch, that they can still compete to win the AFC South. They're only two games back at the Titans. It's not like they're the Houston Texans here where you know your season's a wash. It's not like you know you're the Steelers or or the Raiders where you know that no teams that are two and six or worse are going to make the playoffs. This is a team that's three and five, has a couple division games still remaining. I, I get, look, you, to win in this league, you have to have a good quarterback unless you have, as we've seen before, us personally with Nick Chubb or the Titans with Derrick Henry, unless you have an elite running back with other great players surrounding them, you need a quarterback. They have Jonathan Taylor. He's been hit or miss this year with injuries, but what did it all shock you? If Jeff Saturday comes in here and he fires the guys up and he gets them to buy in for the rest of the season, they keep it close to maybe they can compete for a playoff spot. Realistically, maybe just winning the AFC South, because I don't think the South is going to be able to get two two teams in the playoffs. No, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that I don't think they can catch the Titans. They've already lost to them twice this year. Uh, and then you look at the schedule and you have the schedule up here. The Colts have to take on uh, Philadelphia the week after the Raiders, then Dallas, then Minnesota, then the Chargers, then the Giants. These are all above 500 teams. You couldn't get it done against some of the, the teams that were under 500 that you ended up facing off with Washington, uh, Jacksonville, uh, just you tied with Houston. What are we doing here? New England, you got embarrassed last week. This team's not suited for the playoffs even if they were to make a huge run and get a a final spot so we move on from that let's go to our picks for this week because i really want to make sure what's what's, go ahead i feel like before we get to our picks we should probably address something else because i think it's going to alter one of our picks potentially and at least reserve the right to change it mitch what's going on in buffalo with josh allen this is a quarterback that they're not sure he's going to play this week. They're not sure the severity of his injury. If anybody watched the game last week when the Bills lost the Jets, uh, you give credit to the Jets with how they played. The defense was phenomenal. Sauce Gardner looked like one of the best corners in the NFL, and he's only a rookie. There were times, Mitch, though, if that camera was on Josh Allen, you saw him grabbing at his right elbow, which is his throwing arm. And that's never a good sign if you're a football player a quarterback really, or a baseball player. We know that's really just, it means you're done for the season and out for a year. We don't know the extent of his injury. He's still undergoing testing right now. They said he might not play this week. And the last report I read is he's kind of doubtful. Yes. Mitch, if he doesn't play and if he's out for a significant amount of time, the bills are done. They are done. And why? Because case Keenum is their backup. Now I'm not trying to bash case Keenum here. But when he played for the Browns last year, Case Keenum was able to use the play-action pass. Case Keenum was able to get help from the running game. The Bills' running game is Josh Allen. They don't have a good running game. 
Right. And so what's going to happen is teams are literally going to start playing defense, shutting down any option of the pass and saying, Hey, beat us with single Terry or Naheem Himes, who you just got. Uh, we know case Keenum's not going to run, but this is a major story that if something is wrong with Allen of significance, not only are we talking about if he misses a few weeks, are they going to lose out the chance to be a number one seed? This is a team, if he's out for the rest of the year, Mitch, I don't think can make the playoffs. Well, I, if, if this was a, already a ruling, Allen would be out multiple weeks, I'd be concerned. But if they're leaving the door open for him yep. to possibly play this Sunday against Minnesota, that's different. Now, uh, Sean McDermott did say on Wednesday uh, that he uh, his status remains uncertain. Uh, they'll see how he does. Uh, he did not practice on Wednesday. He is currently day-to-day. So I, I, I'm seeing it probably not going to play this week. And then who knows when it comes to the following uh, Sunday. If it's the following Sunday, he should probably just rest. I don't think he should play. You know, that, that 20, the 20th is a pretty close game. I don't think he needs to play against the Browns. Hey, anyway. And, he, and just give him, give him an extra week rest. Uh, yeah, give him an extra give, week. Give, give, give him some time. But no, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I can't say for sure yet. It's going to be interesting to see if the Jets can take advantage of him being out for a week or two and uh, see if they can climb into first place here pretty soon. But I don't think Buffalo, and again with Case Keenum, yeah, you're probably gonna have to rely more on on running the ball, and Buffalo hasn't been the greatest at that this year. But uh, he, he's capable. He's a capable backup. Minnesota of all teams should know about that. He took them to the NFC Championship of all of all year teams. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's a disaster yet for Buffalo, but it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the immediate few weeks. Um, now, speaking of the picks that we're going to get to here, I have them all listed up. A lot of interesting matchups here we have for uh, this week. We have the Thursday night game starting here uh, this week where it's a three-point spread for Atlanta in an NFC South matchup that I'm sure Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit are excited for. Uh, We have the Falcons up against the Panthers. Good God, we can't flex Thursday night games anymore. I guess we can because they just flex the Chiefs-Chargers game to uh, where the Bengals and Steelers were, which makes sense. Um, I, I see this as a runaway win for the Falcons, even though we might have had a glimpse back of Baker Mayfield last week. I agree with you. I think the Falcons are going to win this. It's in Carolina, but Mitch, from what I've seen is there's still no certainty of who the starting quarterback is yet for the Panthers this week. You've seen reports that it's not going to be Baker. He's benched. You've seen reports that they're not sold on PJ Walker. Is Sam Darnold back? Is he practicing? Is he off the IR? We don't know. And if you ever have a quarterback controversy, it means you don't have a quarterback. So it doesn't matter. The only thing I will say is these two teams played each other extremely tough a couple weeks ago. It was actually a thrilling game. And I think if you're Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit, and the Amazon crew, you have to hope and pray that's the exact game you get again. Yeah. Because Amazon's return on investment right now in terms of the quality of games they've been able to broadcast uh, may be one of the worst investments I've ever seen in their first year. Absolutely. So now we go over to Sunday where we're going to have some more morning international football. We have a very neutral site between the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. This is very interesting. The Buccaneers have a three point spread on the, on Seattle right now, even though Seattle comes in at six and three off a win and Tampa Bay is four and five coming also off of a win in that comeback uh, that they gave up that they got from the LA Rams. Now, is this a trap game for the Seahawks, Mitch, in that uh, they might have a letdown against Tom and company, or is it just going to be uh, Seattle keep keeping this ball rolling? It's this is this is one of the hardest games for me to pick, Mitch, because they're like you said, is this a letdown game for the Seahawks? Are the Seahawks riding high right now and know that hey, we're as good as our record proves, and we could potentially be one game better, and you know we are a threat. 
did the Bucks find what they were missing with that, you know, come from behind last minute drive to beat the Rams? And you saw Tom Brady laughing in the presser and it was like, uh oh, yeah. he's <laughs> he's back. You know, you yeah. see, there's always those those stereotypes with players that if you ever see, you know, Matt mask Kyrie Irving with a mask. Oh boy, you better watch out. Uh no headband LeBron. I mean, there's always those. And anytime you see Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers smiling or laughing in a game or after a game that they won, it it's kind of scary. I'm going to go with this. I, I really don't know how to go with this. I have the Bucks written down right now, but I just don't know. Prove it to me. Prove it to me, Bucks. I'm going Seahawks. I'm taking Seattle again. You yeah. have to prove it because you had no business winning that game last week. You really nope. didn't think about it. I won't be shocked if the Bucks win, but you have to prove it to me right now, and I'm going to take the uh, Seahawks. Yeah, the wide receivers are still having some very serious issues for Tampa Bay, and they can't create enough offense, I think, to keep up with Seattle. I'm going to Seattle in this game. Also, I forgot to say where the game was, in Germany, of all places. Germany, this will be their first NFL game. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. And then, we, of course, we mentioned the Bills and Vikings game. I'll take Vikings in this one, even though Buffalo is a four-point favorite right now in Buffalo. Just, just Minnesota's proven themselves right now. I think they've got something really special going, and you know Buffalo's going to have their backup this week. Still a solid team, but I think I'm going to go with Minnesota. And it's a 1 o'clock game, which means Kirk Cousins is going to play very well probably. Um, so I will also go with the Vikings. Even if Josh Allen plays Mitch, I don't know how much his, – his arm isn't going to just magically heal in the next few days. So I'm going to have to assume that the bills are going to try to keep it out of his hands as much as possible. They're going to go for more of a ground approach. And the, the interesting dynamic with all this Mitch, but Josh Allen, the bills is he is the rushing attack. He's the one that runs the ball. Are they going to allow a guy to run the ball who has a bad elbow? Because what happens if he hits it on somebody's helmet on a tackle? We don't know, but I'm going Vikings this week as well. Yeah. Okay. So then we go over to the NFC North where it's the, the bears and the lions bears coming off a loss the lions coming off a win over the backers, uh, which is, was, was interesting. Even though Chicago is three point favorites at soldier field, I'm going Chicago in an easy one. I think Justin Fields has really found his footing. Now uh, had a big game rushing this past week, 178 yards was the record for a quarterback in a game. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the bears pretty handily, even though they have their issues. I think this is actually gonna be a great game. I think this could, this had, you look at the teams, you're like, okay, these teams aren't good, right? The Bears have a slim to none shot of maybe making a playoff push here because of how bad their division is. And if the Vikings did fall off, but the Lions coming off a very emotional win last week with Dan Campbell, you know, in the presser afterwards saying, I'm going to go home and we're cracking open a beer because that's what they've been waiting for. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game, but I, I too will go with the Chicago Bears simply because they're at home. Now we go over to Broncos versus Titans. Now the Titans have a winning record. Broncos do not. Titans are three-point favorites. Everybody's three-point favorites right now. Um, this one I could see being easy, too, for Tennessee. I don't think uh, Denver's going to found itself yet. I'm going to go Tennessee. I'm going to go Broncos. Hmm. Their defense is, is legit. I know they got rid of Bradley Chubb at the trade deadline. Kind of looked like they were packing it in. This is a team, though, Mitch. They have to play for something because they traded their picks for Russell Wilson. Yes. It's not like they can say, let's tank for a draft pick. And if the Titans are starting Malik Willis, from what I saw Sunday night, only completing right. five passes, none to wide receivers, right. against a defense like this and a secondary like the Broncos have with somebody like PS2, Patrick Sertain the second, I I'm going to go with the Broncos here. Derek, I mean, Derek Henry is going to have to shoulder much of that offense like he has in the past, but especially this week. I agree with that. Uh, Jaguars versus Chiefs. I swear to God, if this is a, 
a trap game. If like I, uh, I, I couldn't do the show anymore. This ends up being a trap game. Nine and a half point favorites for Kansas City. That's like a fifty. That's like fifty points in college. It feels yeah. for certain matchups. I should say. Um, Kansas, come on. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, it, no, it's it's obviously Kansas City. I don't see how this could possibly be a trap game. Um, I think based off what you saw the Chiefs do, and typically, Mitch, when the Chiefs have a very low-scoring game, they typically come out and go off for fireworks. Uh, I hope that's the case. I know you're not a fantasy football guy. I know I'm the fantasy guy. I just would like to put out there, though, you can't base fantasy numbers on projections. Projections. I was caught up between predictions and projections. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is projected to get 32 and a half fantasy points this week. That's kind of unreal, right. uh, which means everybody expects the chiefs to roll here. And I, I don't see how they lose. Yeah. Texans versus the giants. Again, this one's five points. I mean, again, yeah, it's still pretty solid. I'll go, I'll go New York. Yeah. Giants. All right. Saints versus Steelers. Both teams are terrible. New Orleans, two and a half points. I'm going Pittsburgh. I am. I just think that if Andy Dalton's the starting quarterback for the Saints, that nothing good is going to happen for the Saints right now. Um, I think the Steelers secondary is still pretty solid. They've made an acquisition at the deadline, uh, making or acquiring a corner from Washington. I just, and this is at Pittsburgh, so you're outside, not in the dome. I'm going to take Pittsburgh here. It's tempting for me to take Pittsburgh. I'm going to go with New Orleans just to be different. Uh, The Colts taking on the Raiders. Raiders six-point favorites. I think this is just one where the Raiders take advantage of a team that's in limbo right now. I'm I'm going Vegas. This is a tough one. I'm not going to lie because part of me thinks that the Colts are going to be – this is going to be the best game they could possibly play this year. Maybe not quarterback play, but everything else because these guys are going to want to play for Jeff Saturday, and Jeff Saturday also doesn't want to have an egg on his face saying how bad the Raiders are after tweeting about it right. two weeks ago. However, I'm going to go with the better team, and the better team is the Raiders. I will not be shocked, though, if the Colts win this game. I really won't. I, I could see them like really marching down the field in their first drive, looking amazing, and then they just kind of get figured out that quickly. Let me ask you this before we move on. Okay. If the Raiders lose this game, there's been reports already. Al Davis has come out and said that McDaniel job is safe. It's an organizational thing. They're all disappointed. But if the Raiders lose this game, Mitch, to Jeff Saturday and the Colts, Jeff Saturday was no NFL coaching experience who his last year coaching went three and seven as a high school football head coach. Is it likely we see a shakeup here? Uh, depend. I don't know if, I don't know if it would be this week, maybe towards the end of the year, maybe at the end of the season. I'm not sure. Uh, then we have Cowboys up against the Packers. This one, who would have thought this one would have been a, a complete uh, wash as it is five point favorites, the Cowboys. I'm I I'd say Cowboys, but you know, I wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers lightly, even though a lot of defenses have lately been. Yeah. I really want to pick green Bay just because Rodgers typically plays well against Detroit, but I can't because the Packers have looked they, they, Mitch. They started to look worse and worse every single week. Yeah. And so I'm going Cowboys defense travels. Yeah, first game for Mike McCarthy back at Lambeau since uh, since he was yep. let go. Uh, we have Cardinals up against the Rams, both really underachieving NFC West squads. Rams desperately need this win, or or it's it's kudos to the rest of the season. I'm going. Uh, well, I guess the yeah, the Cardinals need it too. I'm going Rams at home just because I feel like Arizona's still got some serious problems. Uh, but again, I think it'll be close. I, I I can't take more than the three. I'm taking Rams at home too because the Rams defense is going to be able to stop Arizona and the Arizona's line is not going to 
does not have the threat other teams have had in terms of disrupting the bad Rams offensive line. Um, but Mitch, this is another one. If the Rams win this, are we talking on Monday, Cliff Kingsbury's without a job? It's only a matter of time, I think. I think you're looking at Cliff Kingsbury. I think you're looking at uh, Josh McDaniels. And I think a third one will be Nathaniel Hackett. I think those are the three names right there. The three coaches, I think one of them will be fired in season still. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those are the three I would say are mostly on the hot seat, but I would think that Kingsbury, I don't think would have as hot a seat if he were to lose this as uh, McDaniels would, if he were to lose to the, the, this new Colts, new Colts team, I guess. Um, Sunday night game, Chargers 49ers. Not a bad matchup. Uh, Both teams hovering around 500 and San Francisco has a seven point advantage going into Levi's. It's fascinating. That's interesting to me. Um, I think I'm going to go I'm I'm going to go LA on this one because I think the offense can outdo San Francisco's even though San Francisco's defense if it steps up could really give problems to Herbert and the company. I would take Chargers plus 7 but I'm going to take the Niners money line to win outright. I think the Niners will win this. I kind of think 7 points is a lot considering yeah. The Chargers have an you know an explosive offense but is Keenan Allen playing? Looks like Mike Williams is going to be out again. Yep. Uh, we saw them struggle with the Falcons last week but Niners at home, CMC just, I mean, he's just looked, he looks like a new player, Mitch. He really does. Going from Carolina all the way over to San Francisco with Shanahan, the offense kind of being developed around him. Even if Debo Samuel doesn't play, I'm still taking the Niners here, but seven points is a lot. Oh, you think seven's a lot? Try 11 points up against our Monday night game. Commanders in Philadelphia against the Eagles. I mean, I get that, that Philadelphia can, can easily win this game because, you know, based on what they've done so far this year up against this NFC East team. Uh, I still don't think they're they're the strongest undefeated squad we've seen at this point of a year, but I'll go Philadelphia pretty handily. Yeah, Philadelphia handedly, and I wouldn't be shocked if they're able to cover just because I don't think that Washington's going to be able to score against that, that uh, Philly defense. All right, so then our last game of the slate for this Sunday comes to us from South Beach, where it's the Cleveland Browns returning from the bye to face on the off of the Miami Dolphins. This is a this is an interesting one. The Browns kind of salvaged part of their season, I think, with a win against Cincinnati last week, and then Miami is at six and three, so they're kind of in the same spot the Jets are, where anything can happen in the in the AFC East. Um, you have a couple of players on the injured reserve right now. I mean, Denzel Ward did return to practice this week, which is good. Uh, he is listed questionable, as is David Njoku, Jeremiah Wusu, koromoa and Wyatt Teller. Uh, not many injuries for Miami. So it's a three-and-a-half-point advantage for the Dolphins right now. Who are you taking in this one? I think this is actually going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be a very good game because Miami typically Mitch from what we've seen this season is not very successful at running the football. They did go out and get Jeff Wilson from the Niners because he lost his workload. Once they got McCaffrey, I think they're going to try to run if they run and they're successful. I think this is doomed for the Browns, but I don't think, I think Mike McDaniel, Mitch is almost kind of like Kevin Stefanski. When I tell you, I think he's too stubborn to change his play calls. I think he wants to be the smartest guy in the room. Plus, you have right now the number one wide receiver in all of football in Tyree Kill. You have to have Denzel Ward back for this game. Um, Tyree Kill, even with Ward on the field in two games against Kansas City, has given the Browns nightmares. Now you're talking about Waddle on the other side. You like Emerson on that. It, it, this is going to be a really tough game. I think if the Browns can run the ball, which Miami's not good at stopping, this is going to come down to the fourth quarter. But I will take Miami here. I'm not going to be shocked if the Browns win. 
the Browns have to win two of their next three to still have, you know, a pulse when Deshaun Watson comes back in week 13. This would be a game that most people would say they're going to win because they don't think they'll beat the Bills. But Mitch, if Allen's out for a while, now you're talking about yeah. you got to beat the Bills and, and Tampa. But I'm going to go Miami here still. Yeah, I'm going Miami in this one too. But that doesn't mean that I don't think the Browns can win the next two games, depending on what uh, transpires. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get more into the college side because the new rankings were just released. We'll be right back after this. You asked for it and we listened. Buckeye Career Center is now offering certified nail technician as an adult education program. This 216-hour course begins in November and will run Tuesday through Thursday evenings from 5 to 9 p.m. Learn manicures, pedicures, infection control, salon operations, and more. Other part-time certification courses starting this fall include phlebotomy and welding. Call 330-339-2288 to register or visit BuckeyeCareerCenter.org for more information. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. All care. All care, all care. Where you matter. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Bala. It's now time to go over uh, the college football playoff standings, which were released yesterday. Mitch, I mean, not a lot of surprises here, except for one thing, which we'll get to in a little bit. The Ohio State Buckeyes are ranked number two after they kind of squeaked by Northwestern 21-7 to this past week. Just a, a very, very rainy, windy day out in Evanston. Uh, I've been there, so I've uh, experienced a few of those myself. Um, 
So the Georgia Bulldogs are now officially number one in the standings ahead of Ohio State after Georgia beat former number one Tennessee uh, 27 to 13 in a game that wasn't even that close Saturday. Now we have those three teams. We have those two in the top two. Michigan at number three. Not surprising. Did have a bit of a scare at halftime against Rutgers, which I was I was keeping an eye on. And then, of course, they exploded in the third quarter and didn't look back. So you have those three. And then the TCU Horn Frogs jumping three spots to the fourth and final playoff spot if the season ended today as they are about to take on Texas this coming Saturday. And Texas all the way up to number 18. And Tennessee is now number five after losing to the now number one. Mitch, this is interesting at this late in the year, man, where TCU, I think, has really now gained the respect of their peers because they're taking advantage of the Big 12, which is not the strongest Power 5 conference by a mile. Now we're seeing them maybe able to slip in, but they have to keep winning it or else they're going to easily just bottom out with one loss on the record. And we're going to see it this weekend when they play Texas. Um, I'm going to start there. I think it's extremely insulting, and I don't understand how the the Texas Longhorns are seven point favorites at home to the TCU Horn Frogs. When the line came out, you know, early this morning, it is Texas minus seven. Uh, everyone goes, well, Gary Patterson, the old TCU head coaches on, or, you know, in the Texas program. Now he's a analyst in, in terms of the analytical departments, not, you know, not a broadcast analyst. Uh, Mitch, it's a whole new coaching staff at TCU. He doesn't, it, it'd be different if he left TCU and they kept all his staff there and they ran the same thing he ran there. I'm not buying so much into that. Texas is very disgruntled right now. You have Quinn Ewers all of a sudden being pretty vocal on social media and, you know, murmurs of him wanting to transfer again because Sarkeesian has made the comment that Arch Manning starting as a freshman next year when he comes in. I think there's way too much turmoil around Texas right now. So I think TCU is going to get this game this week. And Mitch, realistically, after that, they have to focus on their next two weeks. And then whoever they play in the Big 12 championship, I don't see how you, you can't keep this team out. Let's put it that way right now. You are not going to keep TCU out if they go undefeated. That is what the committee showed you last night. Yep. Georgia, we knew was going to be number one after having a win over the number one team in the country at the time. They've looked like the best team with the exception of a couple games all season long. Um, Ohio State, I never really feared they were going to drop out of two because it seemed like a lot of people in in the media and everywhere around knew under and sorry understood what Ohio state had to deal with in Evanston on Saturday. Uh, it was an ugly game. Ryan day was laughing afterwards, admitting that was an ugly game. Yeah. Michigan at number three, Mitch, I think that says more here. I think that's what people need to look at because I think what the committee's telling you right now is if these four teams remain here the rest of the way in Ohio state and Michigan play a thriller. And I'm not talking, uh, you know, Ohio state wins by 10 or Michigan wins by 10. If this is a game that ends like it did in 2016, where it's in overtime or this goes to double overtime, let alone triple and Michigan doesn't get the two point conversion. And Ohio state does Mitch. I think you're going to see potentially depending on how Georgia looks the rest of the year, Ohio state could go one and Georgia three, or I'm sorry, Michigan three or Ohio state's Ohio state stays two and Michigan goes four. I think there's a realistic possibility that if that game is close and both teams are undefeated and I, like I said, I mapped it out. It has to be close. And there's a little bit of chaos. I think Ohio State and Michigan are going to get in here. And we know they're not going to allow those teams to play each other in the first round more than likely. All, all I'm saying is for the college football committee that likes the money and the revenue, 
that would be the highest televised and rated game in the history of college football. In, even if it is a semifinal matchup, let alone a national championship, you will never beat those ratings again. Why? Because one, we've never seen two big 10 teams get in Two, a lot of people don't care to watch two sec teams play Mitch. I didn't care last year to watch George and Alabama that much. I watched here and there, but forget all that. The one team that I've told you has kept creeping up and creeping up now has their path set. And I'm telling you right now, if Oregon wins out and TCU loses, Oregon is hopping Tennessee and Oregon will be the fourth team in the playoff. They're going to take a one loss conference champion over a one loss non-conference champion in Tennessee. Now there. someone's going to say, well, Tennessee kept it closer. It's Georgia. Oregon didn't. It was the first game of the season for Oregon under right. a new head coach on a neutral site. Get that out of here. That's not a neutral site. You want to play a neutral site, go play at Jerry's world in Dallas, yeah. playing at the Mercedes Benz uh, stadium in Georgia. That's 20 miles away from the university of Georgia is not a neutral site, Mitch. I don't care what people say. I think Oregon and TC were the two teams with the most to play for right now. I think Tennessee is going to have to hope for a little bit of chaos potentially because if USC wins out, does USC yeah. have Tennessee? But all I know is this Alabama's done. Clemson is done. I'm actually, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I am kind of shocked that Clemson is still at 10. I thought that maybe Ole Miss would get 10 just to say they have a nine, 10 matchup yeah. this week when Alabama plays Ole Miss. And I, I want to make sure we get into the games this weekend, but some other rankings, you have UCLA there at 12. They still have an outside shot to get the Pac-12 championship. Utah Utah at 13 with two losses. Mm. Penn State at 14. UNC 15. Tulane, Mitch. This is a team yeah. that a lot of people don't know about. And the reason right. I know about them is because of a, a colleague of mine who left Tulane. He was a graduate assistant. He's now at Georgia Tech. And a lot of people have given him a lot of crap going, oh, what were you thinking? Why did you leave? Tulane is going to be a one-year wonder. They have 19 players they got from the transfer portal. But to their credit, this is a team that used the transfer portal correctly. This is what Michigan State did last year under Mel Tucker, why they had a pretty successful season. Tulane is a team that isn't going to have some impressive wins, Mitch. But by the time it's all said and done, if they went out and they play number 22 UCF this week, if this was a 12-team playoff year, you could be seeing Tulane, I think, as a 12 seed if they went out and take care of business. But what what were your thoughts? Because to me, I think Oregon got the most out of this, both positioning-wise and Washington jumping back in to the top 25 now. I think you saw that everybody knew, knew what Clemson was. Clemson's done. It's going to take, I think, all teams in the top four losing at some point for Clemson to even have a chance. And I don't mean... Ohio State beating Michigan and losing the Big Ten championship. I mean, Ohio State would have to trip up somewhere in the next two weeks, or right. Michigan would, and then that team beats each other. George has to go. This is we're we are open for chaos now. We are, and um, I'm kind of keeping my eye on the Pac-12 standings because of what the teams that you mentioned before. I mean, uh, if the thing would ever just load here, uh, it was USC, Oregon, and UCLA. The UCLA such uh, seating at number what was it number uh 12 in the playoff rankings was interesting compared to their number nine spot in the latest ap poll because ucla their only loss of the season so far i believe uh again if this thing would just load for once in its life usc yeah right so i'm looking at where these teams are stacked up now and 
the only the only UCLA, real sorry UCLA's only lost this market. Yeah, so as far as the standings go right now, I mean, the only real surprise I thought was TCU, but not but that's only because I just say only because because they've been earning it so far this year, but it did help that Alabama, Clemson, uh, and Tennessee did bottom out because of their losses. Now Tennessee doesn't have as big of a loss as Alabama or Clemson does, and if Tennessee like like I'm really wondering where Tennessee has to go from here. Georgia would have to lose two games in order for Tennessee to get back to the SEC title game. But we've seen it in the past. We've seen teams like like Ohio State and Alabama slide in without a conference championship because of how impressive they had been against uh, the rest of the league uh, that season. If Tennessee were to keep remaining the way they are the rest of the year, yeah, it would it would have to take TCU losing to get them back into the playoff. And I don't know if the committee would take ten, Oregon over t- Tennessee even as a conference champion. I don't think I think I think that week one matchup scares them enough to not want to pet, put them against Georgia, who would have the top spot. And that, that's fair because you wouldn't they probably don't want to see that same thing happen again, because that's what you'd be looking at. You'd be looking at a week one rematch in the college football semifinal game. And I think for me, I would much rather see Tennessee play Georgia again on a neutral site. I think that the offenses and defense would be further more entertaining, but Mitch with how Oregon is played, they, you have to start looking at week one is, was that an anomaly? Well, I mean, realistically, that's how bad they played and now how great they've played. Bo Nix right now, Mitch is playing like a top quarterback throughout the country. He really is. The offense in, at, for Oregon is firing on all cylinders. They're looking great. Yes, they're playing Pac-12 teams, but they still will pick up a couple more ranked wins along the way, which is why I kind of think that they will top Tennessee. Because if you look at Tennessee's schedule here, Mitch, Tennessee's last three games, they play Missouri this week, four and five, at South Carolina next week, six and three, and then they play at Vanderbilt three and six. They have yeah. nowhere else to get a nice quality win. No. Nowhere. And that's why I think it might hold them back if Oregon proves and wins out and, you know, TCU loses and that Ohio state Michigan game maybe isn't close and the losers out, but we don't know. And, but that's, what's fun about the college football playoff rankings now is we can sit here and, and, you know, debate what we think they should be. But at the same time, now we know what games are the best games of the week, bitch. And I'm looking no farther this weekend than Alabama at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is an interesting one because if they managed to win that one against Alabama, where did they end up in the uh, the standings? I mean, they would get to uh, five and one in conference play, which would match up with LSU, even though LSU has a game this coming week and that game coming up soon against, at Arkansas. Who was it? At Arkansas. So LSU is probably going to win that one. LSU seven and two as, as good as a story it's been for them to win late this late in the year and prove that Brian Kelly is, is a damn good coach. They're not making the playoff as a two in team. And when you have them in first place up against Georgia, I would find it very hard pressed for them to beat Georgia in the sec championship. But if they do, then that's such a fascinating scenario. Then does LSU sneak in uh, to like maybe a three spot, depending where the other teams are, does Georgia drop out completely or get the four seed? Because LSU's still up there. Um, Ole Miss, I mean, I, I I have no idea. This is where it gets so fascinating to me that yeah. uh that, that we can match up these games like this. And and, and Ole Miss uh already got 
uh, killed by LSU early in the season. So the advantage would go to the Tigers, uh, even if the Rebels were to win this week. And and this is where, when you talk about common opponents and I we beat them and they beat them and improve your resume, this is where now Alabama is going to play a major factor for all the SEC teams. Because on one side, if Alabama loses this week to Ole Miss, First off, I don't think we've ever seen Nick Saban have three losses in a season at Alabama, let alone in a regular season. I don't Maybe they lost a bowl game with two losses. I don't think so. If Alabama loses, they're going to drop probably to 15, somewhere in that range. Now, Tennessee's win over Alabama is not as impressive. LSU beat them, might not be as impressive. But now, if you're saying that Tennessee their most impressive win is no longer that impressive. And then LSU beats Georgia. You can start saying, well, is Georgia that good? If they, if their best win was Tennessee, whose best win really isn't that quality anymore. It, the sec right now, I think for the first time, Mitch is in limbo of, are they going to get one team in? Are they going to get two teams in? Or if teams start tripping up here and then LSU maybe has a third loss and Ole Miss somehow gets in and beats Georgia you're at a spot now where you're kind of wondering who really is the best team. And it's going to be interesting to watch, but I just think that for me, I think three of those top four teams when it's all said and done are going to be in the the final poll on Sunday, December 4th. I agree. By the way, Alabama, uh, his first season, Alabama went two and six, uh, 2010 Alabama went 10 and three. That's last time Alabama's lost three or more games in a season. The rest have been zero to two since then. So over a decade, which is unbelievable. Uh, so we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into some more miscellaneous stuff in our final segment here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Hard work is something you're accustomed to. Van Nostrand Young understands that principle. Our access is achieved with organizations like Grange Insurance. Safety and prevention specialists utilize our VanCan assessments process to ensure that you and your colleagues are in the best hands. You want the safest environment for your business, and we can guide you there. Call Van Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-496. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. If you're purchasing a new home, the team at Hartzler's Quality Housing is here to help. Take advantage of record low interest rates to make your new home a reality. Locally owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's Quality Housing has the experience to guide you through the process. 
You'll find a wide selection of model homes on site to fit any budget. Open six days a week just off I-77. You can also visit them online at Hartzlers.com. Hartzlers Quality Housing. Quality from start to finish. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Final segment here of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show, Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Bala. So it's time to go over some other stuff that we wanted to catch up on uh, this week. The Cavaliers are on the West Coast right now as part of a huge road trip here, uh, taking on the uh, Sacramento Kings tonight, losing to the Clippers, Mitch, uh, on Monday to snap their eight-game winning streak. Kind of a tough loss, get kind of faltering towards the end, but no real reason. I mean, for me, no real reason for concern regarding uh, their start to the season. Any thoughts on that? No, and it's early. It's what was the 10th game of the season. You're going to have that throughout the entire season, no matter how good you are. And I'd rather it happens now. It's a learning experience. People want to complain about the referee calls, the free throw attempts. Um, the truth of the matter is you blew it. You were outscored, what, 21 to six in the fourth or something like that. Um, not, no need to panic. It was the second night of a back-to-back in L.A., um, I have to imagine the kids probably went out after beating the Lakers Sunday afternoon. Um, tonight, tonight says more to me, Mitch. Um, you know, as we record this, they play the Sacramento Kings that night. Obviously, the result will be out there as our, when our listeners are listening to this episode. But if you lose the Sacramento Kings, and it's like, okay, what's going on here? Because uh, the Kings suck, and Mike Brown's their coach. But no, no reason to panic, Mitch. They're still way up top the power rankings and almost any site's power rankings. Um, their, their metrics and everything are phenomenal. And uh, I'm just having a blast with this team. Me too. I mean, it's a good team right now. We're having a lot of fun with them. Some very good performances so far, especially with the way this team has been able to gel with its new guys, especially Donovan Mitchell. It's been very exciting to watch. As for other teams in the NBA, there was a support from earlier this afternoon, uh, according to multiple reports, actually, the Nets officially making Jacques Vaughn their new head coach, no longer interim, full-on head coach, on Wednesday uh, comes with a deal through the 2023, 24 season. Uh, he had been serving as an interim in place of Steve Nash, who was fired back on November 1st. This is different from the initial reports that the Nets were going to finalize a deal for Imeke Udoka or Ime Udoka, excuse me. Um, to me, Mitch, this is just like damage control after all the stuff that's been going on with the team, the w- not winning the stuff with Kyrie Irving. This is probably the smartest move to not bring in more distractions, more nonsense to your organization. Yeah, not only that, but I think the Celtics also got wind of how the players felt for the Celtics about letting Udoka go because the players were pretty much promised he's coming back next year. You know, that's their coach. And and then, Mitch, to my point that I said weeks ago, what happens to the rest of the coaching staff that Udoka hired in Boston when he was hired as head coach? Right. Um, but who knows? Maybe Udoka said, I don't want to deal with Irving and all that. Maybe the Nets did more in-depth research and found out the whole Udoka situation and said, you know what? We can't deal with that, even though we already have uh, some big time issues with our players. I I, I think this makes sense. Uh, It's just shocking because we had one episode where it looked like it was a done deal uh, per Shams. It looked like Ime Udoka was the next Brooklyn Nets head coach. 
Uh, Vaughn is somebody that's been proven in the league, you know, been on multiple staffs, had a, had some experience before as head coach. So I like this move, Mitch. It To me, though, I don't know if it really matters who the head coach is of the Brooklyn Nets because it might be a lost cause at this point with all the drama surrounding them. There's a lot of drama. It is still pretty early, and I'm really wondering if uh, Brooklyn will be able to overcome it. There's a lot of talent on that team. I would think they'd be able to, especially when Kyrie comes back from suspension. Get this all settled down. You win a couple of games, then you're right back to essentially where you started at the beginning of the season. Now, going over some of the other stuff uh, in sports this week. First of all, before we get to the Jose Ramirez stuff, congratulations to uh, Guardians president Chris Antonetti, who was named the Major League Baseball Executive of the Year. Mitch, they won 92 games this year. They win a playoff series with the 27th ranked payroll among all major league clubs and 16 rookies making their first ever appearance. And some of those guys really stepped up like seasoned veterans. And this is also a team that preseason was projected to finish uh, fourth or fifth in the American league central. Some people thought maybe they were going to lose close to hundred games. It was a no brainer. It, it really was. I mean, the, the moves he made and now Terry Francona is up for manager of the year, uh, which Mitch, in my opinion, whether you want to say I'm a homer or not, I believe he, should win that award. Um, and we talked about the gold glovers that we have. Um, and so a reminder to everybody else out there, go vote for platinum uh, award winner. Mm. Do that in the guardians links and any of their bios. I did it today. You can pick from any of the four gold glove winners of Shane Bieber, Andres Jimenez, Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw. You can only pick one in the American league, one in the national league. I'll let everybody know. I picked Andres Jimenez um, just because I thought for what we expected in the defense he played all year, phenomenal but yeah make sure you go do that but mitch i don't understand how anybody else could have gotten manager of the year or excuse me executive of the year other than chris antonetti because a lot of teams that made moves didn't end their season the way they wanted to and you had a team that nobody expected to do what they did this year and now antonetti is really going to be put to the test because now there's expectations now you know that they want to make moves and i i've already been looking all over sites about what team should be doing you know where where we could fit in financially um we are tied 18th in baseball for odds to uh land Aaron judge um and there was about only seven teams ranked ahead of that the rest of the league was tied only uh with uh plus 10,000 odds to land Aaron judge I what was that tweet the other day I saw I don't know if you had it on your timeline but I know I had it on mine it was one of the ones that I liked it was regarding that it was uh uh oh <laughs> it was me when i it, me when i win the powerball and help the guardians sign Aaron judge cuz the powerball i think was officially won either yesterday or, yep. or today i mean 2.4 million dollars and the billion. winner was in, and the winner was what was it 2.4 billion oh did i say billion? million i said billion yeah and the winner apparently was in california and they don't and they're one of the 14 states that don't uh, put a tax on that so that's yeah. That's a big chunk of change you'll be getting full on. So that's uh, very fascinating to me. And uh, congratulations to that person, I guess. Don't ever, don't ever. That's always what I've, what I've said. If I ever went, won the Powerball, I would never let people know that I won it. No, not, not at least right away. Now, when I'm no. starting to drive around in fancy now, cars and buying a big house, then yeah, yeah. it's going to be Immediate obvious. family, immediate family, maybe one or two close friends. But you got to like, for the rest of the people that are like, you want to get involved with their lives, you have to have like a coming to America situation where you have to like, act like you have a normal life and try to like uh, test them to see if they really are worth uh, giving these, this massive amount of wealth. That's where I would be for, okay. First question before we get to our uh, fact of the day, 
you win the Powerball. What's the you pay? Like you pay off everything you need to, all your debts, your bills. You buy yourself a home, you buy your parents a home. You get yourself all your the necessary things to be live and be a human being. What's the first stupid thing you buy? Well, I would I would definitely buy two houses. I would keep one here and I would buy one somewhere else. I would say though, depending on what everything looks like after, uh, I'm not multiple car guy. You can only drive one car at a time. Yeah. Um, I would buy my buy a house for me here, probably somewhere else, maybe like in Arizona, buy my family house, see how much I got left over. Can I be a minority owner in a sporting team in Cleveland? Yeah. Is it possible? Okay. You know, where, where's that money taking me? If not, then I'm going to get the best seats in the house for the guards, Cavs, Browns, Buckeyes, and I will make sure that I am the new Marlins man, only I will have my own own shtick and I will be going to every World Series game. That's very funny. I like that. I, I would probably, uh, it's a, it would have to be, I mean, perennial season tickets are a good one, but I would probably buy my own Batmobile as well. There are Ooh. a few of them that are street legal. You can buy, uh, make, get them fully functional. Not some of the, the actions that a Batmobile could take, but it'd just be nice to drive one down the road one day and uh, feel like I'm worth something in life. So that is it for the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Uh, you know where to find us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, BigTimeSportsOhio.com, and you can go to BTS Ohio on Twitter uh, at Big Time Sports Ohio everywhere else at Mitch Spinell at Mitchell Bala. Mitch, what's the fact of the day? Your fact of the day, we're going to stay in Ohio. Ohio gets his name, gets its name from the Iroquois word Ohio-yo, meaning Great River. That's why we have the Ohio River too, Mitch. Well, there you go. I mean, I I always knew that, uh, you know, Ohio had a a massive Native American uh, population, especially when it was starting out. I was going to say, and before I see a ball in your hand, I thought we retired the uh, shot. We did. We did. Reminder to everybody out there. You have uh, Troy Richardson up at Solon doing the Garraway game uh, against uh, Perrysburg, and then Dave Sheets down in Dover doing Lake against Westerville South. Both Lake and Westerville South is a live stream event, and Garraway and Perrysburg is a TV broadcast, which will be rebroadcasted at 11 o'clock Friday and I believe 9 a.m. on Saturday. Who's doing the Lake game with uh, Dave, Mitch? That would be me. There I you go. It'd be good. It'd be good for you to come down to lowly Tuscarora to, to, to kick it in the, for you to kick in, in the slums of Tuscarora County and uh, come back from your high, uh, your high chariot uh, seating of Stark County. So that'll be good for you. It'll humble you a little bit. And uh, we thank you all so much for watching here on the big time sports podcast show.